Welcome to the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Bud and Nadir, where aspiring champs come to get the latest and most accurate information to become top tier. Let's get on with the episode. It was the best of times, and sometimes it's the worst of times. Right now, we might be at that moment. I'm Nader alongside Bud. How are you? Can you can you give me a breakdown on how sad you are? Because I came in here a little juiced, and you look like you're in the corner. I'm a little down right now. It's just injury after injury after injury. I'm, you know, you know, I'm your therapist right now. You okay. you tell me what's going on. How can I help you? So let's see. Um, I pick up a stack team. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I could relate to a lot of people right now that are listening to us. Because if you listen to us, then you, of course you have a stack team. So I, I have a stack team. An injury happens. You're like, all right, you know, it sucks. But I'll make it work. Another injury happens. Okay, you know, my team's taking a hit. I'll work the waiver. No biggie. A third one. Oh, man, that hurts. Oh, your other RB2's out now? Oof, that's a big hurt right there oh no your qb didn't perform this week well looks like you lost do you know what's worse let's hear it It, what it has to be worse if you drafted a team Uh uh-huh and you really barely had any injuries at all and you're still almost in last (laughs) that's the worst like you know you know i'm just gonna refer to my team Okay. In our league. You know, uh, I had Austin Eckler. And, yes. And, and you were very high on him. And I was pretty high on him as well. Yes, but, yes, we were. But, you know, you, you got me on that train. You got me on that Eckler train. He was doing good. You, you know, he was doing good. And obviously, he's on the IR. You know, I've had my mixing issues, too. Yes, you and, did. And your boy's 6-1 and one still. Your team's pretty is, good. I, I'm just, is it because we listen or is it because we create this podcast? We're just the knowledge is just ridiculous. We called a lot of guys. I know you were huge on Allen Robinson, and he's killing it right now. Allen Robinson, the second, by the way. Got to can't forget the second. <laughs> Kyler Murray. I thought Josh Allen would be a little bit ahead of him this year. I was right for the first four weeks, and then you know Allen. He needs to get it together a little bit. We're going to discuss him later. The schedule was a concern for me, and yes. I, I think I mentioned that the talent was never a question. Uh huh. The the schedule is a concern for me. And I know the schedule is a concern for you for Kyler Murray. Yes. A little bit. And it's the script has been flipped right now. Kyler Murray, he's killing it. He's getting he's getting you those rushing yards and those running touchdowns. Those are very nice. Uh who who else were you super high on? You we were high on David Montgomery. I was high on Montgomery. I, I thought he got was gonna get a lot of volume, which he has been. He's but been he, getting he's, volume. Uh, if he did not get the volume, he only got a little bit. He would be almost useless at this point. Yeah, he'd but be pretty irrelevant. He is the guy. He's getting the volume. Honestly, he can break tackles like it's going out of style. It looks like he has zero vision. To be a hundred percent honest with you, uh, I said this. I think last podcast, he looks like a broken vending machine. Okay, let me hear it. Cause like you put your dollar in, and you know you hit the button, and it looks like it's working, but then it'll get stuck. Like, you know, when it get, get kind of starts hanging and you're a little disappointed because it started working, but it didn't. And then, you know, you shake it a little bit, you insult it a little, nothing really happens. So you put in another dollar and then both of them just end up getting stuck. And while you kind of almost got something, you're still a little bit disappointed. Okay. Okay. I mean, 
Sure. What do you mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, just going. Uh, you know, I, I love the hypotheticals. Okay. All I right. love it. Okay. I, I really do. Um, you do we get into it, or you want to keep chatting along? Uh, it was just, I just want to pat ourselves on the back for AJ Brown. I oh, feel like yeah. he's been one of the best receivers so far. DK Metcalf's been killing it, D- sir. DK Metcalf, you, yes. You, you just, I, let me give you a little golf clap here. Thank you, thank you. I took DK Metcalf, and he's single-handedly carrying my team right now. I have McCaffrey and Aaron Jones in the league on the IR slots, and uh, it's been tough. It's been rough, but we're making it happen. You are. Thank you. All right, okay, now we can get to the headlines. NFL headlines. Minshew mania going to be uh, on the sideline this week because he he is expected to not play. I mean, he's been iffy at best. And right now, I think uh, the Jaguars might move in a different direction for right now. He's not the long-term option. I, I, th- I think everyone knew that. He's kind of a stopgap right now. But their team is moving in the right direction. I, I think they're, they're trying to figure out what they want to actually do here. And Minshew is not the guy. I think they have some key pieces. They got a little bit of a wide receiver. They got a little bit of a running back. They got a little bit of an offensive line. And they're starting to form a defense on the back. I need a little bit more on both sides of the football before we can correctly judge uh, how Minshew is doing. I think they're still a bottom-tier team. Uh, I think Minshew, you could upgrade on Minshew, but you could most definitely downgrade from Minshew. I think right now... Uh, I don't think he's the issue. He's done more than what we expected. Yes. uh, To say to that extent. But I I still don't see Minshew as the answer. And yes, 100% Jaguars are at the bottom of the tier. But I think they are moving in some sort of a slow progression to the right decisions. Okay. I think that is fair. But right now he is not playing. So fantasy-wise, there's not many people on that offense I was going to start. But that kind of hindered Robinson's the guy. Robinson, I, I mean, he he's earned his must start. You, you got to start him. It, it's a no brainer at this point. But somebody like DJ Chark, I'd rather not. He'd be a wide receiver three option. We really don't know what's going to happen. You know, <laughs> it's going to be something interesting. They they will be throwing the ball a good amount because their team isn't the greatest. But I, mean, I, I would stay away. That logic was implied for Ben DiNucci on the Cowboys. They're going to be down. You have They're a be third. In it. You have a third string. Wide receiver or third string quarterback that has no idea what he's doing. That was blatantly obvious, and that offense is in disarray already. Yes. So I mean, you're apples to oranges. You also have three different options for the Dallas Cowboys compared to. I don't think it's quite apples to oranges because Minshew right now, let's consider him a backup. That means the second stringer is technically the third stringer. Okay, keep on going. So that means it, it might be just the same. It might it, you we say it's apples to oranges. I'm thinking it's apples to apples. You think apples are oranges? I'm thinking oranges are oranges. If it's if it is orange, okay, and it's an apple. Okay, it's still an apple. Ah, uh, I, I don't know about that <laughs> one. You got you. I'm not quite following <laughs> I, you there. I let me just say this. I have more faith faith in DJ Chark than I do in Amari Cooper or Ceedee Lamb right now. Okay. I mean, yeah. Well, I, if if Danucci is still there, yes. I have more faith in DJ Chark. He, you know what the best part he was? Is, he is by far the main option there. You know the best part is after yeah. the game, he goes, this NFL stuff is hard. Danucci yeah. said that? Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, he said uh, that. Yeah. 
I, I would assume so. Yeah, it's pretty hard. You know? It's pretty hard. That's why I can't do it. I mean, I can. They they just haven't found out that I could do it. Can I? I'm going to roll into that. Okay. Okay? So, can you do better than T.Y. Hilton? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that <laughs> a question? Th- that's our another guy on the headlines here. T.Y. Hilton and Jonathan Taylor have small injuries, but nothing major, major. So, Tyler, uh, T.Y. Hilton, he has a groin injury, while Jonathan Taylor apparently had a little ankle issue after he basically lost his job to Wilkins la- uh on Sunday. So uh, they're both considered non-issues, but I wouldn't be surprised if it starts eating at the Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you saw him be a little bit more on the disappointing side. You saw uh, Hines and Wilkins be on the more positive side. We saw a nice little backflip touchdown celebration. So uh, I'm not surprised to see Jonathan Taylor start creeping up on the back burner right now. I think we all overhyped him actually i don't want to say we i don't all. think we all no, overhyped we, I, him I, I, remember on the top 10 uh, dynasty rookie rankings that we did and i didn't even place him in the top 10 i don't remember oh actually. i wish you did i wish you did because you insulted me for that i'm not I, i'm i'm not going that far i i'm definitely not going that far he definitely was a top 10 pick in dynasty and i still think he is my, my thing is there was so much hype on him and hilaire in the beginning of the season and there's so many unknowns when rookies come in there. And there was so much hype on his athletic ability and he's going to be a monster. But you had Marlon Mack there. And then that was the excuse, right? Marlon Mack. But Marlon no Mack's quarterback, hurt. No wide receivers. Who, who, who do you have? You have the best offensive line and you're still not getting the job done. I think that's just the main issue and criticism that he has right now. You have a great offensive line. You have a semi-productive quarterback. He's trash. But... The offensive line is not as good as I think everyone thought. Yeah. But still, you have a good to very good offensive line. And Wilkins made some plays. He made some nice plays. More than Jonathan Taylor has. Oh, yeah. More than Jonathan Taylor has all year. But, of course, we're going to discuss that a little bit later on. Kenny Galladay is week to week with a hip injury. He left early in the first half. I uh, dropped a donut for everybody. It was great. He was I, on my roster. And know, he dropped me a donut. It was cool. It was I, great. I really want to take a moment of silence for you. So let's just have that. Let's hit the F in the chat. And I just, are you okay? Because this is your guy. This I really like him. Through and through. I, I, I want him. Do or die guy here. And I mean, it's he, just he, been a rough, rough year so far. When he's playing, he's a beast. And unfortunately, uh, he hasn't been playing as much as I really hoped this year. Typically, you want to lean on the healthy guys on your fantasy squad. You know, you you try to look at injury history, and he's tried to draft the healthy ones. He's been healthy throughout his career, and all of a sudden this year, as soon as I decided to tout him and take him in almost all my leagues, uh, he gets injured for the majority of the year. So, I mean, he is week to week. It doesn't doesn't sound that serious, or we're just going to have to see how the healing process goes, and uh, we're just going to have to take it from there. So right now, you do have to... Uh, plan ahead, plan accordingly for him to be out for a little bit. Absolutely. So AJ Dillon tested positive for COVID. Of course, AJ Dillon is the rookie running back for the Packers. Uh, he hasn't been doing much this year, so uh, I'm surprised he found a way to contract it. Uh, but he's out <laughs> for Thursday night's game against San Francisco. That leaves people wondering, did he spread it? And how far did it go? Potentially, and we had this conversation when the Titans had uh, issues too. So, mm-hmm. 
we will see AJ Dillon's not going to be a big fantasy factor, right? No, but no, it, no. but it does trickle down to a Jamal Williams, and uh, if Aaron Jones comes back, if he I plays, mean, maybe he was away from the team, so he's less likely to contract it because he's not in the RB area. So, so they can't sign a running back because uh, you have to go through five days of COVID testing, of negative COVID testing, in order to be signed on that team and playing. Therefore, so for well, hypothetical, you, hypothetical. Okay, okay. okay, okay. AJ Dillon has it. He can't play. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams tested positives for it. Okay. He can't play. Aaron Jones is hurt. He can't play. What do the Packers do? You want me to tell you? Let's hear it. Line up. Devontae Adams in the backfield, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Just, just as a running back, just killing it. Just De- Devontae Adams it. is going to be set for the biggest <laughs> so, game of his life. So they have a practice squad. I am positive they have at least a running back on the practice squad. They would probably bring someone up on that end. Or, I mean, they'd go pass heavy with Aaron Rodgers and put someone in the backfield like a tight end or something like that. Would you start him? Would I start Aaron Rodgers? No, whoever whoever's the running back no, in that I backfield. No, I'm not touching him. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know if he's I, the workhorse... It depends. Got to give, give you looks. It depends if it's a running back or someone with actual ability to a certain extent. But if they put like a tight end back there just to kind of hold the fort down, no, no yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not touching. Well, it. you see, if they just put a tight end to put in the back to hold the fort down, you wouldn't be able to put him in the running back position. Nope. You'd. I mean, you could slide him in the flex. Oh, there's a good point. You or you could put him in your tight end spot if you just had Kittle go out. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But of course, that is a long shot. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, of course, if they have a practice squad RB come up, I'm I'm for sure looking at it and probably starting him because he's going to get all the volume. He's going to get all the volume. And DJ Dallas uh, for the Seattle, I mean, he's the fourth string running back. He put up 20 fantasy points. What do we What do we say? Volume, volume, volume. Volume if equals it, production. If typically. you have volume, most likely you are going to get production. You follow the volume. You see where it goes. Just like Gio Bernard. What did I say last week? He said he was going to be a beast. Geo starts. He's a must start. Mixon's out. Must start Geo. You have to. It's a no-brainer at this point. Um, let me get on to the next one. Kenyon Drake, unlikely to play this coming Sunday. They say he does look better than they were expecting, so maybe he's back a little sooner. But this is uh, my boy Chase Edmonds' week right here. This is your This is your guy. You You've ridden him all year. You've been on his tail all year. You've been supporting, hyping, touting him, and he, this is his chance to this shine. Is, this is, this is your, your this reputation. Is, this is this is my reputation on the line, and we're gonna find out this weekend. Uh, absolutely, this weekend, and see who is actually the running back for the Arizona Cardinals. And I expect Chase Edmonds have a big game. I mean, I, I 100% agree. I think he's gonna have a monstrous type of game. So I'm not I'm not worried about him by the slightest. He is an elite RB one. If he is the starting in your lineup. Before we get to the next headline, okay. I just want to put an F in the chat so we take another, another moment, moment of silence for mainly Nader. So let's just do that right now. F in the chat. <laughs> George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo will miss extended time with a foot and high ankle sprain. Are, is the season over? For the Niners, yes. It's hard. I don't know how you're going to salvage this year. You're going to win a game or two here and there. You're probably not making playoffs at this point. It's it's difficult to make playoffs when your offensive line's injured, your quarterback's injured, your tight end's injured, wide receivers are injured, your running backs are injured. 
your whole defense is injured. And, uh, I mean, they're still semi-competitive games. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing for the franchise. Absolutely. But, I mean, fantasy-wise, I mean, your, your, your team's kind of screwed. That's a good sign, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I do want to have a serious conversation. Though. Okay, okay. I'm ready so for this. So, I, I did hear a lot of rumors on people knocking Jimmy Garoppolo and saying there could be a potential competition at quarterback. I want to hear what you have to say on that. So, so the issue, th- this is a fun topic. I okay. was going to put this in a discussion. Did I ruin, did I ruin it? No, no, we, we, we can have this now. This is going to be a great time to have it now. So the issue with Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. is he, he's a pretty good quarterback. He's a, all right, above average quarterback. Okay. But he's injured. He has an ACL tear. He's had two high ankle sprains now in a row, basically. And uh, he becomes a liability for availability. And even when he is available, uh, it, it takes a lot for him to be above average. You know, if he has his offensive line, he has his elite wide receivers, he has his running back, he has a running game, good play calling, all that stuff for him to really show out. You saw that last year against the Saints, the Seahawks, uh, all those duels uh, against Aaron Rodgers when mm-hmm. he outdueled them multiple times that year. I mean, it, it takes a lot for him to become above average. So that makes people wonder, okay, maybe it's not him, it's the team. And if it needs all those pieces than that, then why are we paying him this much? And the issue with Jimmy Garoppolo this year now is that if you cut him this year, you owe him zero money and it goes zero to the dead cap. Oh wow! So that that becomes the issue. If you so, cut him, if you cut your ties now, then you owe nothing later. So it reminds me of Derek Carr last year. Okay, almost to extent. This off season, if you cut him before a certain date, you would owe nothing, uh-huh. and we didn't. So do you think that's going to happen this off season? Garoppolo is still going to be there. Uh, they're not going to move on. Mullins isn't going to be the guy, or they're not going to draft the guy. Garoppolo long term is still that viable option. So, I mean, he's getting paid an average 27 a year, which is relatively cheap in the quarterback market now. So you can afford to keep Jimmy Garoppolo another year or two. You can afford to keep Derek Carr another year or two because Derek Carr is getting paid, what, $25 million a year? In that, yeah, in that Yeah, range. so, I mean, you could draft a quarterback and, and, and kind of prep him up a little bit, kind of like how the Packers are doing with Jordan Love and all that good oh, stuff. Do not... So I mean, do uh, not correlate Jordan Love with Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel bad for Jimmy on that end. <laughs> oh, that's, that's tough. So I mean, uh, I could definitely see them do that because Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hit is minimal compared to other quarterbacks to the point where you can do that. So uh, I, I think people are just getting the hot takes out. They're 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 emotional after a game like this where you know they, it's a division rivalry game against a team that they don't like. The Niners don't like the Seahawks and vice versa. Uh, so uh, it, it's this loss stung a little bit more because it ended that way. So uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo stays with that team. Okay. Uh, I appreciate the conversation, sir. Okay. But, I mean, we have to think about the now. And Absolutely. George Kittle is gone. Oh. Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. And we know, of course, this is more of a fantasy football podcast, so we're going to have to talk about the fantasy implications of that. And that's going to be huge because George Kittle was a third-round draft pick in most leagues, and that's going to be a huge hit. There's, I mean, I, I think right off the bat, and I think we'll get into it a little bit later, is there's a guy that I think is just a plug-and-play oh, yeah. immediate, oh, immediate yeah. spot right when there. When we talk about waivers, we'll dive into the uh, the tie-end position because that's going to be lacking for a lot of people. A lot of people started some tight ends and got absolutely nothing out of them, which is unfortunate, but that's just going to be how it is. 
for the tight end position this year. So speaking of the Niners, Tevin Coleman came in, re-injured his knee, and then came out. It was a great five-second period. He had one run of like 10 yards, and everybody thought, oh, he looked good. There's something in the water, dude. And then, I mean, with the Niners are repeatedly the most injured team on IR last year, the year before that, this year. Uh, when you beat out the Eagles on injuries, you know there's an issue. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with uh, how the Niners do everything. Okay. But since, since of course, we're recording this on Monday and there isn't too much injury news, and, of course, it'd be a little too early in the week to talk about starts and sits and Thursday night football, but I do want to uh, give a quick update that it is confirmed Jamal Williams was in close contact with A.J. Dillon. Uh, oh, I'm you sure. just got that breaking news? Yes, I got that news. So right now he is being tested and quarantined a little bit. So uh, I can't imagine uh, he's the only one. They just played Sunday. I can't, uh, I can't imagine that he's the only one in close contact uh, with A.J. Dillon. But no. we're, we're going to see how that story develops. And then, of course, on our Tuesday episode, when we record on Tuesday, we'll have more of an update. So let's talk about five topics. I have five topics. You got five topics. Yep. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about some fantasy implications. Of course, we just saw Sunday's games. And I'll start it off with the Rams versus the Dolphins. That's Tua's first game. Did you watch it in depth? Do you know? How did you yeah, I mean, feel it, like he looked? I feel like he didn't have to do much. He did. I mean, 22 pass attempts. Literally, Goff kind of gave them, handed them the game, to, to be totally frank on that. Uh, looked okay, but I didn't see anything special or anything massively noteworthy to really talk about. It, it was kind of an easy game for the Dolphins, to be honest. I mean, he got Aaron Donald. Yep. He got a strip sack fumble. Uh, not, not after that happened, I was very glad I started the Rams defense. Quickly, I wish I started the Dolphins defense. Uh, <laughs> Changes just, real quick, huh? It, it really does. So uh, the Dolphins actually play Denver and then the Jets in the next few weeks. They're definitely a sneaky add or a sneaky hold sometime soon, especially if they're going to play. Speaking of the, the Jets. They are. Yes? They only have four passing TDs. So this whole year, yeah, Mahomes had five passing touchdowns it, last game, so and he already has more. So than how, the Jets. how is he not fired yet? Because he's amazing. Good We're man. not going to say his name. He is he who must not be named. I love it. Uh, but Cooper Cup had twenty-one targets. If you want to flip the ball, he had eleven receptions, twenty-one targets, over a hundred yards, no touchdowns. So when you have twenty-one targets, you expect a massive stat line, massive fantasy point game. No, he had sixteen fantasy points in a half-point PPR league. Nice. That's huge. Nice. 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 All right, your turn. Okay, so my topic is going to be an easy topic. Dalvin Cook. I, I mean, it has to be noteworthy. 47 points, scored four touchdowns, returned in a huge way this Sunday. I mean, Minnesota against their rivals, Green Bay, he killed it. Three rushing touchdowns, 150-yard screen touchdown that pretty much – clinch it up and make sure everyone knows what's going on. But uh, Madison, it's Cook's house. Right? It, Cook is a monster. Cook is the number one RB right now, in my opinion. And when Christian McCaffrey comes back, I mean, Dalvin Cook's going to be in that top two, top three, for sure. As long as Dalvin Cook's playing, he's a top five RB. Uh, the only issue is he just might not always be playing. Uh, wasn't he a game-time decision? Yeah, and he was 
he's been less injured than a lot of running backs right now because everyone's been hurt. Every, so exactly. he's actually he's actually been a better option this year. Still concerned about the injuries, obviously, but if he's on the field, he's a must start. He's going to be give you a massive amount of points. Yeah, and uh, just this is just a fun stat. So Justin Jefferson cannot play if he is not in a dome. If he is in a dome, he's scored over thirty points. If he is not in a dome, it's been under ten. So it's a Matt Ryan situation. Though. Yeah, it's a Matt Ryan. So he's the opposite of a Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins cannot play in a dome, and then he balls out when it's not, and uh, vice versa. There you wow. go. That's your fun fact of the day. Love it. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. His revenge game was massive, huge, <laughs> monumental. Six carries for a guess, seven yards. Congratulations, Love Bell. Did we call it? Did we? I think we called it. We kind of did. It, there is going to be, and if you look at Hilaire, he really didn't do anything either. No, he had he had thirteen carries for a whole uh, forty-seven yard, forty-three yards. Sorry. It's just a cluster back there at this point. Uh, I mean, the Jets they sold out to stop the run. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's one way Did of stopping work? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it it kind of worked. Not really. Because, I mean, uh, even in the fourth quarter, uh, down by however many points they were down, uh, they were still slanging the ball, surprisingly, not even running out the clock. Uh, I, I did expect them to try to get Lev Bell going. I thought he would do a little bit more than six carries for seven yards. Uh, but... I'm not sure what I want to think about of this backfield now. Because Clyde, he he didn't look good either. It's a cluster at this point. And you don't know who's going to get the volume. I think Hilaire's going to get more volume than Lev. And I think that will be a regular basis. But Lev will eat into that and eat in the receptions as well. So there's going to be a lower floor than what Hilaire owners thought it was going to be during the beginning of the season. I think think his floor is lower. But I also think Le'Veon Bell's floor... Just got lower also. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lev Bell is... You drafted Lev Bell later than Hilaire, obviously. Hilaire, a lot of people drafted in the first or beginning of the second round, which I thought was... I understand the concept of it, but I thought was kind of insane. Um, And we're kind of seeing it this year over and over again that he is not getting all the production everyone thought he was going to do. And it's just not working out for a lot of fantasy owners. I mean, he's been healthy and he's been playing, so you've been getting fantasy production out of him, which is better than no production. Uh, but we're definitely felting or feeling a little disappointed by how it's going. So, you got your next topic? Absolutely. Kenny Galladay is my next topic, obviously. Suffered a hip injury against Colts, uh, did not return. He got none of his four targets. We kind of went over that already. But without Galladay, Matthew Stafford threw to TJ Hawkinson a team high 10 times. 10 targets. Then you have Marvin Jones and Marvin Hall. Both earned seven targets. The best option, in my opinion, is going to be Marvin Jones here. When Galladay's out, Marvin Jones is going to be the best option. You got TJ Hawkinson is going to be another option, obviously, with the team high 10 time, 10 targets. But if Galladay's out, Marvin Jones, pick him up on the waiver wire. We'll get into that a little later. Yeah, Marvin. I do want to. Uh, I do want to point out that Marvin Jones was not great the first three games that Galladay was out. Let me look at his fantasy points real quick. So in a half point PPR, he put up seven and a half, ten, and then six. So would you rather have Marvin Hall uh, or Danny Amendola? I'd rather have Marvin Jones, of course. But okay. I'm not saying that's a comfortable start. 
Yeah, I'm not comfortably starting Marvin Jones, but it's an option, I guess. I, 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 I'm not happy about it, but I'd do it. There's going to be volume somewhere. He's got to throw it to somebody. Would you rather start? Matthew Stafford feels more comfortable with Marvin Jones than Marvin Hall, obviously. And TJ Hawkinson got the team high. So, I mean, if you feel more comfortable with Hawkinson, sure, feel free. Um, but if Galladay's out, I'm, I feel comfortable starting Jones. Would you rather start a Jamichael Hastley or a Marvin Jones? Hasty? Yes. Uh, give me a wide receiver. I, I don't think that correlates. Okay. Because running backs, Corey obviously Davis. running backs are a disaster. Corey Davis or Marvin Jones? Probably Marvin Jones. I think I'd rather go Corey Davis. I, I I like where he's going, and right now there's so much attention to A.J. Brown that uh, he's getting the easiest targets. Uh, but, of course, we're going to discuss that a little bit later. Cam Newton fumbles the game away. So Cam Newton was having a decent fantasy day. He's having some rushing yards, had some rushing touchdowns. Uh, he had 18 fantasy points when it going into the last drive. That means it was going into overtime most likely. Uh, a lot of Bills or Aaron uh, or Josh Allen fans were helping for it, considering he had his disappointing day of 11 fantasy points. And unfortunately, he fumbled it. And the Bills recovered it, of course, as we know. And Cam Newton took another L. Surprising? Ye- I'm surprised he fumbled. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, so what are, we, what are we feeling about this Patriots team here? I don't know what to feel. Like they're not bad, but they're not good. Are they missing a piece? They're missing. They missing Brady? No, I feel like the issue is a little bit deeper than Brady. You don't think it's Brady? Nah. I feel like they also need somebody that could get open. I feel I like mean, they also need a running game. Brady also kind of made some magic happen over there every time they had nobody. His whole career, he's kind of really had no one other than Edelman. He had Moss at one point. Really, other than that, there hasn't been really anything. Amendola. I I mean, small, no-name guys that went other places and didn't do anything. Deion Branch. You know, so we're talking about guys. Wes Welker went to Miami, did nothing. You know, your boys on the Lions, Amendola, really doesn't do anything. Uh, Edelman is, Brady's gone. Edelman's really not doing anything. We could say it's age or whatever, but it repeats itself over and over again. At some point, we're going to have to, point to Tom Brady just Tom Brady's a great quarterback just just throwing it out there Tom Brady's a great quarterback so uh, of course it was gonna hurt I didn't well I I, I'm surprised Cam Newton isn't playing as good as he is of course we discussed this on Thursday's episode on our starts and sits where we thought COVID had something to do with it Uh, I, I think it's just a lack of talent around Cam Newton but unfortunately I think this is the end of his relevance in fantasy. Unless, you know, of course, you're in a super flex league, two quarterbacks, and of course he's going to go in because he gives you a lot of rushing upside. But uh, in a one-team, four-point-per-passing touchdown or even a six-point, I I think it's almost time to move on from Cam Newton. Bill Belichick? What was that? Bill Belichick? What was that? Sorry? Move on from Bill Belichick. What was that? Move on from oh, Cam sorry. Newton. I'll, I'll go to my next. Oh uh, my god. Uh, my next target. Uh, Zach Moss is going to be my next guy. So uh, scored two touchdowns. Obviously returned to the starting lineup. Played great. He's steadily increased his workload. So two score performance didn't really mean that much for Devin Singletary. It, Singletary outgained him eighty six to eighty one. He also caught a pass. Moss failed to catch his haul in his one pass. 
Singletary is a kind of a low RB2 to RB3 option for me right now because Zach Moss is the goal line guy. We talked about it earlier. We talked about it in the beginning of the year. That was my biggest concern. He's a bigger back. He looks better in the goal line. I think he is going to vulture some touchdowns in it. It just gives a, v- a very low floor for Singletary. Unfortunately, yeah, Singletary had less snaps than Moss. He had four less snaps, but they did have the same amount of touches total. So it's hard to say Singletary is irrelevant. He is, like you said, a low-end RB2 to high-end RB3. He is a flex and a bi-week plug-and-play. Uh, Zach Moss does look good, but it is the Patriots defense we're talking about. They were just running it all game. They had a whole drive where they just ran it and ran it and ran it and ran it. And, of course, I'm talking about the Bills on the Patriots. And we saw last week the Niners just ran it repeatedly down the Patriots' throat. So uh, uh, this is a small sample size. I'm more concerned about Josh Allen on this offense. I'm more concerned about John Brown, considering he only targeted him once for a 22-yard gain. Uh, Diggs still looks very good. It looks very efficient in that offense. Uh, But my biggest concern is Josh Allen because the weather isn't getting better in Buffalo. And uh, he's starting to look a little bit more on the inaccurate side again. And the Bills specifically drafted Josh Allen to throw tight spirals and with power inside bad weather because it's always going to be windy in Buffalo. It's always going to be a little rainy. It's always going to have some snow. The weather's going to be cold. They specifically drafted a high-powered quarterbacks to be able to fit those balls in the bad weather, and he's not doing it. Yeah, I mean... I'm more concerned about the running back aspect. You're more concerned about the running backs? Yeah, especially with how many injuries are going on right now. Devin Singletary has not performed the way everyone thought he was going to or at least getting close to what he was. And Zach Moss has consistently vultured touchdown for him because Devin Singletary, let's be honest, he's he's gotten one touchdown all year. He Zach Moss beat that just last game. So I'm trying to stay away from Devin Singletary. I don't feel comfortable with him at all. Um, I'm not saying Zach Moss is going to be the guy. I just feel like there's going to be a split, and Moss is going to vulture those touchdowns, which is going to hurt Singletary drastically. Yeah, I think you might be correct there. Now, my topic, my third or fourth one, is going to be, of course, Ben DiNucci and the Cowboys. I mean, Ben DiNucci, like I said, he said, and uh, quarterbacking is kind of hard. And uh, to that, I'm going to say, no, you just suck. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, Zeke faltered. Kamari Cooper faltered. God. uh, CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb faltered. Sorry, I wasn't even thinking of him yet. I was on the the other one. Gallup. Gallup faltered. All three, all four options are now irrelevant, should I say? Yeah, and you stole my other topic on number five. So so we'll just use that as mine, too. Okay. Because Michael Gallup was my, my fifth topic. Uh, led Dallas and Cowboys receiving. I don't... Like you were saying, I don't really want anyone in this offense right now. Until Andy Dalton comes back, and even when he does... That's not much. What, what am I really going to expect here? I'm, so uh, he, the good news is Gallup is fantasy relevant still. And I was not expecting that. He ended the game with 12 targets, 7 receptions, 61 yards. Still not great, but he led the team in all categories. So if you're going to look for an option for Dallas, that is going to be the guy. I'm not touching any Dallas player other than Zeke in the next two weeks. Obviously, you have Pittsburgh Week 9. That's going to be a rough matchup. And then you have bye week Week 10. 
Obviously, you're not starting anyone there, and hopefully Andy Dalton comes back at that point, but even if it does, what are we expecting from the Red Rifle, you know? Uh, it's not much. It's left. There's a lot to be left desired. I think the real thing about this is, what does this mean for Dak Prescott? Because he was asking for a decent you, chunk of change. You better pay him. You, I'm telling and you right now, you better pay him. It, 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 this was the best way for Dak Prescott to prove how important he was. It's unfortunate and sad how it ended up being that way. He proved it. But that's how it is. He's he basically held out in a way. Without holding out, he held out, and now that team is in disarray. They went from if, a playoff contender to, to to tanking. If I am Jerry Jones, I'm getting contract done as soon as possible. The more you wait, the more money it's going to be. That's my opinion. Because yeah. if he's a free agent, I would be. To- would you be happy with Dak Prescott coming to the Niners? Yes, I wouldn't mind. Would it. that be an upgrade? Uh, ooh, yeah, probably. Okay. So probably Raiders, I think it's upgrade. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Patriots upgrade. Patriots would absolutely go after him. I think pay the man. You need to do it. It showed everything. Pay the guy. Yeah. Right then and there. Now you got your topic. Well, you, you stole my number five. So this is going to be my last one right here. Justin Jackson. Uh, with the Chargers game. I think we definitely need to talk to talk about this with Austin Eckler being out another week. Uh, finished with the most fantasy points in the backfield, obviously. Uh, 11 carries, 89 yards. He had 53 receiving yards. Joshua Kelly, we thought there was a competition there, right? I thought it was a 50-50 split. We, we really did think it was a 50-50 split, but he kind of he disappeared. He carried the ball seven times at a 30, or 32 yards, one pass for a loss of seven yards. And honestly, the veteran depth option, I don't even, Pope, I don't even know how to say his first name. Troy May. There you go. You you nailed it. Thank you. You nailed it. He logged 10 carries, 6, 7 yards, caught 5 passes, 28 yards. He is the guy. Justin Jackson is going to be the guy until Austin Eckler comes back. And as your boy Anthony Lynn said, he'll be back later than sooner. I think... Austin Eckler might be gone to about week 12, week 13. I think that's when I'm going to expect him to come back. That, that that injury is pretty serious. And right now we saw Jimmy Garoppolo rush himself as a quarterback who isn't cutting and getting hit as much as a running back. He re-injured it, re-aggravated it, and now he's gone just as long. Uh, I think he's going to be gone a little bit longer than we expect. So my last topic is going to be A.J. Brown. And the Tennessee Titans. One, I think A.J. Brown's a beast. But two, the Titans aren't doing a great and good enough job of getting him the ball. So right now he's had multiple. He has had five touchdowns in four games, which is phenomenal. But if you take away his touchdowns, his yards and production isn't as high as you'd like. He's being saved by touchdowns right now. And uh, uh, if that continues, then that's great. It's fantastic. Nobody's going to go and play him. But I highly doubt that continues. So I think A.J. Brown might be a great sell-high candidate because you can get a lot for him right now. You can get an RB1 for A.J. Brown, right? Would you Would you trade an RB1 for A.J. Brown? You'd consider it. I think this year's a little bit different just because of all the injuries. There's not a lot of RB1 still healthy to that extent. But, yeah, I mean, you'd get a lot of value from A.J. Brown. And that was the biggest concern that I had this year was how much – how much he got last year with how many little receptions he had. I thought there was going to be a regression to a certain extent and the yards has been a regression for sure. And it doesn't help. He was injured, 
but the touchdowns have offset that. So it's still going. Yeah, so right now, if you look at straight fantasy points, it looks like he's beasting out of his mind, which he is, because considering his touchdown against the Bengals was a very nice low breaking a couple tackles, diving into the pylon at a touchdown. But you're, you're not going to get that every game. And then, of course, the week before that against the Steelers, he happened to break a 74-yard touchdown, uh, yarder for a touchdown. So uh, it's hard to rely on those, but you kind of expect it to happen at this point. Which is why I'm uncomfortable with AJ. I'm not uncomfortable with AJ Brown because we were so high on him coming into the year. Uh, but I'm uncomfortable with how he's getting his fantasy points rather than uh, what he's doing with it. Yeah, if if you can get a better option that's more consistent or a higher upside, I guess you can say, then yeah. But I AJ Brown is always a solid guy. Say somebody offers you Robert Woods for AJ Brown, a straight straight up one to one. I think I would need a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like I need just a little because bit more. AJ Brown has done so well. I think I could get a little bit more. Robert Woods is great. You know I love Robert Woods, but I would want a tiny bit more. Yeah, I kind of want to agree with you on that one. But of course, let's get some my specialty. Your specialty. My specialty. It's what I'm here for. Waiver Wire God. Marvin Jones. He starts off the list 51% owned, which is higher than what I thought. Yeah. What is 51% owned? I will let you talk about him because you're higher than him than me. I am high on him. I'm going volume here. Uh, I'm not going massive talent. I'm not going anything. I I see Matthew Stafford's comfortable with Marvin Jones. He's been there for a long time. He has produced there with Matthew Stafford. Obviously, Kenny Galladay is gone. That's going to free up a lot of targets there. Marvin Jones, I think, is going to be the beneficiary over there, other than TJ Hawkinson. But Marvin Jones is my must must pick up here. I'm not going to spend a massive amount of fab, obviously. He's not a running back. He's not going to be someone who's going to be consistently there, but he's definitely a wide receiver three to a wide receiver two option. Would you spend a waiver wire claim on him? Depends where my waiver wire claim is, but yeah, if I if I need a win and I need a wide receiver, I, I, I'm using a claim. I'm probably gonna hundred dollar fab. You're probably looking at seven eight, so it's nothing nothing crazy. Okay, so next on the list, Gus Edwards. He's seventeen percent owned, but in Yahoo leagues, he's owned in thirty percent of leagues. Hmm. So right now, he last game, of course, against the Steelers, he had 16 rushing attempts, 87 yards. He also was the goal line back and was able to get himself a touchdown. Uh, I don't know how comfortable you are with him. With Gus? Yes, because right now, Mark Ingram, he can come back any week. And once he does, Gus Edwards goes to what, third on the depth chart? Yeah, he's going to be in that range. I, he's not a long-term option. And I don't think anyone on this list is really a long-term option. I think there's maybe one or maybe two, potentially. Actually, there's two or three. But he is a good spot start if you need a win the next week as long as Mark Ingram's back. Or not back. Yeah, as long as uh, he's not playing, then he is a viable fantasy option. So next is Jalen Rieger. Uh, I'm seeing him right now about 20% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Uh, it, I think the main advocate of why you would have him is the lack of talent and depth in the Philadelphia Eagles position of wide receivers. 
100% correct. I mean, he had six targets, three receptions. The unfortunate part that against Dallas, which is considered a good matchup, he had only 16 yards. He happened to get a touchdown and then a two-point conversion right after that. Uh, I think because he just came off an injury, they're limiting his playing time, and they're going to ease him in. But as long as there's no targets on that offense, he's going to be a viable option. Absolutely, and there's going to be a bye week next week. So week nine, he's going to be able to get even healthier and be on the same page as Carson Wentz. Alshon Jeffrey might be back. Who knows? But uh, Jalen Rieger is a good option to have on your bench and see what happens. There's not really anything there for sure. Dallas Goddard should be back, so that that will help too to open it up a little bit more. But Rieger is probably the number one guy there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, to help out the tight end position, Jordan Reed. So I'm going to pair both of these together. Jordan Reed, of course, Niners tight end, and then Ross Dwelly, who is the current Niners tight end, who is active. Because Jordan Reed is still on the IR. They have activated him, but they haven't uh, designated him to return. So right now there is a 21-day window of when Jordan Reed can come back to the active roster. Uh, They're both 1% owned in Yahoo League, so you definitely can grab either one that you would like. Chances are you're not going to be able to grab both, but as of right now, who would you rather have? Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed? Jordan Reed's my guy. Uh, when Kittle went out the first time, he had seven receptions, eight targets, 50 yards, and two touchdowns. He still has talent. He's still a big body. Unfortunately, Jimmy G's not going to be there, so we'll see what Nick Mullins does, but tight end options right now are so thin I'm totally fine with the Jordan Reed flyer on it and, and seeing what happens, see if I can get some upside. So I would like Ross Dwelly okay. because Ross Dwelly knows the offense and he was there last year. And when George Kittle was out last year with his uh, his own knee injury, the Ross Dwelly was a viable starter. He had multiple games with touchdowns. He had one with two touchdowns against uh, the Cardinals last year. So uh, while... Kiddo was gone. He was able to snag himself his own garbage time touchdown uh, last week, of course, against Seattle. So I would personally already have the for sure guy. And the Niners love their tight ends, love the multiple tight end sets. I think they're going to go ahead and use Ross Dwelly a little bit more than we anticipate. Okay. My, my only concern is when Kittle went out the first time, Dwelly only got one reception, one target win. Uh, Jordan Reed was on the field with five yards. So I'm going off of history. We'll see what happens with Ross Dwelly. I think they'll use both of them. I think Reed will be the main option, but both of them could be could be potentially both good. I think so as well. But Jordan Reed, of course, he just cannot stay healthy. Absolutely. It's hard to spend a waiver claim or fab on somebody that you just know is going to get hurt. I mean, he's only got 1.9% owned. I don't re- even really think you're going to have to spend either a lot of fab or a waiver claim on him. I don't think a lot of people are looking that far ahead, but... Who knows? I, I know Dwelly will probably be an option on the waiver on free agency. I don't know if a lot of people are going to go out there and snag him. So if you wanted to risk it and see if you get Jordan Reed or Dwelly and just grab one of them, whoever it is, and you feel comfortable with, feel free to do that. Yeah, I think the option for both of these is to not spend a waiver claim or fab on either. Just pick them up afterwards because I'm not confident with either one. We don't know what's going to happen. But... If George Kittle is your starting Ross, starting tight end, of course, which I expect, he, he, he there's a huge hole in your team now because I mean, you, of course, you invested a lot in George Kittle. 
So next on the list is going to be Jordan Wilkins. And with some injury news on Jonathan Taylor, with some running back by committee news for the Colts, that means Jordan Wilkins inserts himself into fantasy relevance. Yeah, I mean, when you get 20 attempts and you to 89 yards on touchdown, and you, you played very well with one target and one reception. I mean, you are a option, absolutely. And with Taylor Hurt, Hines is going to get some pass catching back. But if you're getting 20 targets or 20 touches, you are obviously fantasy viable. Yeah, the only unfortunate part for Wilkins is next week he goes against Baltimore and then Tennessee. But then he goes against Green Bay. So, which is a great matchup. And then Tennessee again, and then Houston, and then the Raiders, and then the Houston Raiders. again. So, I mean, he actually has a very good playoff schedule. A do very we, juicy kind. Do we think he's going to keep getting those 20 carries? So, no, that's a little tough. So, so what about 15? Do you think he's going to get 15 touches in general? Ooh, 15 touches. That's a good, that's a good amount of touches right that's there. That's a fair amount. That is a fair amount. Do we think – I I feel more comfortable gauging it maybe to – 10 or 11 touches a game uh, if everyone is healthy because I do think they're going to mix it up. They're going to do a running back by committee. They'll probably go hot hand. So I'm not going to spend a massive amount for Wilkins. How do you feel about that? I'm not spending either, but right now with how running backs are, the running back situation is I think Jordan Wilkins could be a little bit more of a long-term option considering right now Gus Edwards, he's basically a rental. uh, And Justin Jackson, he may be only a rental. So... Jordan Wilkins maybe proposes a longer, more longevity option. Okay. Understandable. So Zach Moss, we've discussed him a pretty good amount. He's 55% owned in Yahoo Leagues. And I think he is a great option to have, but I only rank him as a low-end RB2. I give him the Devin Singletary treatment. I th- I, th- I would go RB3, to be honest. I, I don't know if I would go RB2, just uh, more touchdown dependent. He's going to probably get around seven to eight touches a game, roughly. It's uh-huh. just going to eat into Devin Singletary. I think he's more of a pest than anything. He's an annoying pest. Yes. But if you are going to get red zone looks, I think you deserve a little bit more attention than the person not getting red zone looks, which is Devin Singletary. 100%. So I'm going to I'm gonna tell you to snag him because he deserves roster depth and Let's face it, another injury is just looming around the corner. And then you're going to be pretty glad that you at least have somebody in Zach Moss to start. So Corey Davis, 48% owned. I don't like Corey Davis. I don't want anything (laughs) to do with Corey Davis. And Corey Davis has burned anybody that has ever had Corey Davis in the past and started a Corey Davis. But... A.J. Brown is getting too much attention on defense. And Corey Davis is snagging easy points. Easy points. Easy points right now. So is he – what is he? What, what he's a wide about? receiver three. Okay, to a flex option? Yes. Okay, so the last two games he's got 10 targets each, which is a great sign, right? It's a good sign. Absolutely. The games before that was 8, 5, and 6. So he is moving in the right direction. Obviously, he was out week week 5 and week 6. They do have Chicago next, Indianapolis, Baltimore, Indy. Uh, the matchups aren't the greatest, but then you get to Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay at the end. So you have a good playoff schedule. Yes. You don't necessarily have the good right now. Uh, 
It's not that bad. You could, you could make an argument. You can make an argument on Indy if they're good or not. But Baltimore, Chicago are some very good defenses. Indianapolis, you know, they're good, but they're not what everyone says they are. Yeah. So how do you feel about Derrick Henry now? Of course, you know, this is a little bit apples to oranges now, but Derrick Henry. What about him? He's also got a super tough schedule. I mean, there's no there's no scenario where you don't start Derrick Henry, but is there a scenario you could trade Derrick Henry? Um, it it's very hard to trade a running back right now. I'm I'm gonna start with that, unless you have a massive amount of running backs on your bench. Chances because are you don't. You, chances are you don't, and if you do, you hold on to them. You gotta hold on because it, yeah. it, it's a struggle right now. I'm probably not trading Derrick Henley unless I have a lot of depth on my bench or I can get a massive Dalvin Cook to Derrick Henry. Maybe. But I'd probably stick with what I got, to be totally honest with you. So would you trade a Derrick Henry for a Miles Gaskin and a Daryl Henderson? No. Two RB2s for an RB1? No. No, not you, even you, close. you're not feeling that nope, or not even close. So you're not considering no. a trade. No, not really. Okay. So I want, I want a high wide receiver one with an RB two option. If you're going to send me that, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not taking anything less than overpaying yeah, for an RB one at this point. Um, I, I want you to overpay for an RB two that I have. I, I'm, I have no interest in trading unless I massively win that trade at this point. If I have all the RBs. There, there's no point. RBs are such a luxury this year. Absolutely. And when you have an option to, like in our league, I have like six or seven RBs that I feel comfortable starting almost every week. Why would I give any of those away if someone gets hurt like Austin Eckler got hurt? And all I'm doing is thinning the herd for everyone else. Everyone else scrambling for running backs. I don't need to be concerned about it at all. I mean, that's fair, but at the same time, they are on your bench. What if you could translate that into an upgrade in your wide receiver? Like I said before, it would have to be an overpay. Overpay? Absolutely. All righty. So Robert Tunyon, 65% owned, which is pretty high, but I feel like it's still good enough for him to register onto this list. Uh, There's just no targets for Green Bay to throw to so he elevates himself indirectly and now with the COVID scares that the running backs have I think they're just gonna have to pass it more especially if they don't play if they're not if they're not playing and they don't have anybody to run the ball he's just passing it all day long Robert Tunyon is gonna get a very good target share I think he is a very good tight end and a pass catching tight end a mini Kittle if you will Last game, he had seven targets, was able to snag five of them. One of them should have been a touchdown, but Aaron Rodgers had a horrible throw and was unable to lead Robert Tunyon in for the end zone. Were, were, how salty were you? I wasn't that salty. I was a little salty. Not that salty, but a little salty. I like my Tunyon. Yeah. I, I'm Tight ends right now are very thin. He's definitely a good option. He's getting targeted a good amount on a... Good offense with a very good quarterback. Yes. Justin Jackson, 56% owned. Of course, we're touching a lot on players that we talked about earlier. Justin Jackson, like you said, he had 17 touches prior Sunday game, and he's eating up volume on an offense that's working pretty well right now. Justin Herbert, he's slanging it. Keenan Allen, he's slanging it. Mike Williams, he's catching them slangs. 
And right now, Justin Jackson is just on the beneficiary of a pretty productive offense, and he's just taken the easy pickums in the yearning game. He's the best way I can describe it is he is a cheaper version of Austin Eckler. A Walmart uh, version? A Walmart version, Kirkland. a fake version, a China version, whatever you want to call it. Um, five targets, 17 carries, with obviously Justin Herbert killing it. I don't see it slowing down. And let me just read you the schedule here. Okay. Las Vegas Raiders. Not bad. Not not a very good defense at all. Miami. Okay. You, you could say they're pretty good defense. Not bad. You know, mainly pass, but yeah. New York Jets. Horrible. Not bad. You know, uh, Buffalo is going to be a little battle there, right? A little iffy. Uh, New England's going to be, they're going to be running. <laughs> I like that matchup. <laughs> they're going to be running. Guess guess who's week 14? Atlanta. Atlanta? Las Vegas. Then Denver. Uh, if Austin Eckler doesn't come back, and at this point, do we want him to come back? If you're if, a Justin if, Jackson owner, you do not want anybody you, to come you back. You don't want him to come back. Let Jackson carry it. I think we got some clarity on who is going to be that RB, and I think Justin Jackson is going to be the main guy there. As long as Eckler's out, Justin Jackson remains a RB2 with upside. So last on this list, we're going to stay, of course, on the Chargers, and Mike Williams, 53% owned. As long as Justin Herbert is playing quarterback, and he's playing good quarterback, which he is, then Mike Williams is a very good deep threat option because he's still getting volume no matter what and he's he's made some magnificent catches he had a one-handed catch he had a 31 yard catch it was very nice to see mike williams consistently being implemented into the chargers offense and obviously he has the same schedule as justin jackson so it is a little bit of a juicy juicier play there it's a good play he's a good start he's a good wide receiver three with upside he's a good flex and I think he is going to be a staple in your starting roster in the weeks to come. I mean, the schedule, like Bud said, is nice and juicy. The quarterback is juicy. The offense is juicy. And right now, they're just playing with a little swagger. Yes, they lost to the Broncos. They lost to my boy, Drew Locke. But uh, I really like where the Chargers are going. Absolutely. So this wraps up our Technically, our Monday episode. We record on Monday, comes out Tuesday. So this wraps up the Tuesday episode. Of course, next episode, we're going to go over the Thursday night games. We want to go over a lot of players that are going to be on the cusp of being dropped, traded, and all that good stuff. And then, of course, we have a much bigger NFL headlines with all the injuries coming out. Uh, Bud, do you have a send-off for everybody? Keep your running backs. Keep your good running luck, backs. Good luck this week. Hopefully no one else gets injured. Uh, that's not going to happen. But good <laughs> luck, everybody. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at tttfantasyfootball.com and follow us on Instagram at Top Tier Tactics. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. 